Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Sisters, hey, howdy, hey! This feels like work. <laughs> All this drinking, yeah, yeah it's like work. <laughs> Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience! Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that is rough. How do we do it? Yeah, how does Justin do it? Three hours every week. Yeah, that's, hour that's prep, insane. hour post. At oh, least he's, he's not normal. Yeah. He did true. five hours, not this past one, but the week before that. He did five hours? Yeah, that was ridiculous. You did a five-hour show? Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> that's, that's just stupid is what that is. Well, at least the last couple hours are just stupid. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So 20% hey, you won an award in the last couple hours. You won a Brewing Network award. I did? Yeah. Oh, cool. What, what award was it? <laughs> The biggest pain in the ass on the Brewing Network. No, it was best show. Not uh, like as a whole. We picked out specific shows. Uh-huh. You were up against uh, the Hops and Malt show uh-huh. that we did. Uh, that was a good show. That was a really good show. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. You were up against that. Um, you were up against every single episode of Lunch Meat. Oh, uh, that's a challenge. That's yeah. tough to beat. And that's then uh, it was the... Saison episode of the Jamil show with where the whites showed up. At oh, the end. Right. see, I had to have a ringer and you uh, to, to pull it off. That and was, it was tight too. You there was it was one vote that got you the win. Yeah, the hop and malt show almost took it. Yeah, see, if I was there, I probably would have voted for the hop and malt show. <laughs> <laughs> I voted for the Saison show. That was the winning vote. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll stop insulting you. Thank I get you. The, I get yeah. the message. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We're friends again. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. You want you want it stuff that people will believe, yeah. you know, on the air, right? Yeah. Got to make it uh, realistic sounding. Okay, right. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I believe. I can fly. In the magic. Do you, do you like what I'm holding here? This Newcastle <laughs> in oh, a can in your other hand. Yeah, in my other hand. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's cool. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't grab yourself during the show. You know, it's confusing. I like to can it. <laughs> yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle, especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> oh, Newcastle, Newcastle. <laughs> yes. Gosh, come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, set him up. I'll keep knocking him down. Yeah, exactly. Want to hear it? 
And it's frothing. <laughs> it's frothing in the can. There you go. <laughs> I love you. Have you ever had it in a can? <laughs> Water. <laughs> uh, we're having fun. Oh, yeah. It's amazing what beer will do. Right. It makes us all funnier, yeah. more attractive. Oh, yeah. You're looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Ah, tell you what, it's it's quite a mix with uh, two cups of coffee and two pints of beer. I hope that all the listeners, you know, they're drinking along with us, so Mm -hmm. this doesn't sound nearly as bad. Yeah. Because, you know. No. It's not bad. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) It's It's horrible. All right. All right. So, So Northern English Brown. Yes. (laughs) A proper pint. (laughs) A proper pint. You always kick my ass in this style with this beer. Oh, the English browns are, are my bailiwick. Yeah, I know. And it hurts. You well. And the southern brown, too. I know. That's that's the ass-kicking one. Yeah. A yeah, couple, couple of years. Last yeah. three years, we oh, go ahead and head southern in the English, English browns. And, yeah. Nothing second round. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. I get the gold. Yeah. You always get the gold. <laughs> Damn it. Yes. It's good. Well, you make up here. Why, thank you. You do, too. Mm-mm-mm. So we're just going to hang out and do yeah. the show next week? Yeah. Let's do that. Shoot the breeze here and uh, drink huh. some beer. Do you want me to? I think everybody could read the book. There's this book called Brewing Classic Styles. Pick that up. Read pages uh, 150, 151. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. <laughs> I saw it coming a mile away. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Let's read the book. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Let no. me know if you got any questions after you read the book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call me. Yeah, email me. Email me. Mr. Multidog from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're doing a show on Northern English Brown. Yeah, we are. Uh, Newcastle, uh, Sam Smith's uh, Nut Brown. Yeah. Those are two two uh, good uh, examples of the style, classic mm-hmm. examples in there. They're actually quite commonly available. Mm-hmm. The only thing you need to worry about when you're getting the Sam Smith's is, uh, I believe, you'll find that in a clear bottle. Right. So when you're down at the, the BevMo or wherever you're going to, to get yours, um, try and find one that's you know kind of tucked away in the back that's not exposed to the light because the okay. uh, light's really bad for these things. You can get that at Trader Joe's too, I think. Yeah, you might be able yeah, to. Yeah, I've seen it there. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like you said, you you want it in the can. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's a good experience. Yeah. I like it it's in the fresher. can. It's fresher. Yeah. It's cleaner. I enjoy it in the can. Yeah. It's really... Uh, the best, the best way to have uh, beer. Cans a superior package for sure. Well, there's no light, no Zero. light. Yeah, it's uh, that's a great, great package. Uh, why don't you? Do you want to? Can I have you drink <laughs> yeah, some why here? Don't, why don't you pour some beer? Okay. And why don't you kind of cover the uh, the style for us? Okay. Give us a, give us a little rundown you on. You drink the, some of that Newcastle from the can. All right. Northern English Brown. Mm. Let's see. In the aroma, you should definitely get some uh, sweet kind of caramel nuttiness. Yep. I'm getting it. Sweet caramel nuttiness. Yeah, you can, you can smell that right out of the can. Um, uh, definitely a fresh, you know, UK hop aroma, um, but definitely complementary to that sweet caramel nuttiness. Very and minimal on the hop aroma. Very minimal, right? And a light ester from the English yeast I use. And zero diacetyl. Fruity, fruity esters. Yeah. 
visually, it's dark amber to reddish brown in color. It's clear. Yep. And it's got yep. an off white, you know, yep. head retention on it. Uh, flavor is light. You know, it's kind of a session beer. It's got a malty sweetness. On the palate, on the palate, you get like hints of caramel and yep. subtle esters. Uh, may have a toasty flavor, even toasty, biscuity. Biscuity. Um, and a medium bitterness, but it's not very, bitter very beer. S- very slightly tobacco-y. Okay. And this is one of the things I actually love about a lot tobacco-y. of English beers. You get like um, Abadale or uh, Tetley's or, you know, there's a bunch of different. This one's real subtle. Mm-hmm. But some of them you can get. I'd have a real strong, uh, like raw tobacco kind of uh, character to them. And uh, it's actually pretty common in a, in a lot of English sales. I actually really enjoy it. Interesting. It's funny when you when I always hear someone describe a beer, or not a beer, but a flavor, mm-hmm. and then you say it's like the persuasion. You can kind of when you think about it, sure. When you taste it, then you can. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, super subtle. In yeah. this beer. Hmm. Um, if over, you think about it, yeah. Overall, this beer is um, an easy drinking beer with you know subtle malt flavors, mm-hmm. uh, hop character is focused towards a nutty malt character. Yeah. And it's definitely a session beer, so yeah, and uh, yeah, balanced, uh, fairly sweet. It is like it's a fairly sweet beer. There's some bitterness there, but it's overwhelmed pretty much by by malt sweetness. How do you like the Newcastle Lucan? I mean, are you enjoying? It? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good beer. Now, does your recipe come close to this type of beer or to uh, Samuel Smith's? Yes, really. And actually, uh, my recipe uh, for the uh, Northern English Brown makes a very similar uh, taste profile, but a little more intense, no uh, a little a little bigger, hmm. a little bolder of a beer, uh, a little bit fuller, a little bit richer. Okay. And actually, uh, uh, I've been saying actually a lot over the past two shows. It, it's humbling to listen back to yourself. Oh, I can't listen to myself. I sound like an idiot. I last 15 minutes. Uh, uh, Lodi Brewing Company. At one point, they, they asked me about uh, Northern English Brown. And they brewed uh, the, my Northern English Brown recipe. And this is when they're first dialing in their equipment, mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're first opening. And my good friend uh, there, Roger uh, Remke, he uh, went brewed it, and he got a much higher gravity than starting gravity than was intended. He ended up like 1080, 1070-something. Whoa. And, uh, you know, fermented out fully. And it was fantastic. He <laughs> loved it. You, it was great. Oh, and he stayed, it sold really quick there. He, he sold a ton of that stuff. And he's, I think they, they keep it on now pretty much all the time. Okay. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. You have a pint of that, though, and you're just like, wow. Well, that's awesome. And it was it it was bigger and richer and fuller and than uh, you know a Newcastle by like twice. Sure, it's like Imperial Newcastle. Wow, and it was really really good. And he, he did just a beautiful job brewing it. It mm-hmm. was just you know way high on the gravity. Double Newcastle. And so he's slowly been ratcheting it down a little bit to make it a little more drinkable. You know, uh, you know, not not that it wasn't drinkable before, but you couldn't have two pints. Sure, you know. Now he's, I think he's dropped it down a little bit. It's a little drier, and uh, you can drink more more pints <laughs> without uh, getting trashed. Sure, but it was it was fantastic. It was it was really funny. It's a giant. That's a huge gravity. That's like a eight percent beer. Yeah, it was it was really. Bad. <laughs> it's like yeah, I overshot the mark a little bit on this. Hmm. 
but it, it turned out really good. Mm, tastes good. Yeah. So what do you think of Newcastle? I love this beer. Yeah. In the can, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. So when, at work, this is like what I drink next to their Kellen can. Yeah. It's just a very refreshing beer and enjoyable. Well, and know? again, yeah. you know, Newcastle uh, is one of those beers they tend to ship in clear bottles. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, uh, you know, light is not good for beer. The interesting thing is you can find Newcastle on draft a lot of places. Uh, a lot of restaurants around where I live, they tend to have Newcastle on draft. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about that is what ruins it on draft is either dirty lines and, you know, they're not selling the beer fast enough. That's generally not too much of a problem. A lot of people will drink Newcastle. Mm-hmm. But what happens is uh, if the beer's been sitting on CO2, they'll, they'll tend to sell, you know, Bud Miller Coors, and then they'll also put Newcastle on, and it's all carbonated to the same level. They, they've got the same pressure on all of these. Oh, no. Bud Miller Coors takes a lot of CO2 to keep it that spritzy and dry. Right. Newcastle does not need that. You mm. notice how low the carbonation is on this like, canned product. Yeah. Right? It's like too much. Real, real model, moderate uh, carbonation. Yeah. But if you hook that up to a high amount of CO2, what happens in a couple of days is... Overcarbonated. Overcarbonated. Yeah. And it becomes harsh, and it's really not the same beer. Right. you got to get it at the lower carbonation. So it's it's actually cool. I was at a place... Um, where was I? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Some place. Joe's <laughs> Restaurant. San Mateo. It used right. to be called the Prince of Wales, and it's called something else now. Uh, and I was having uh, a bass, and it was way overcarbonated. And then the keg blew, and they brought in a new keg. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take another one." It was perfect, and it was it was just awesome. You know, it's fantastic. And one of the things about draft beer is that keg is protecting it from the light. They tend to keep them all nice and cold, right? Uh, so it's it's, it's you know it can be a really great pint. It's just you got to find some place that it hasn't been sitting there on on gas for a long time and get overly carbonated. Right. The other thing I do is if I come across something like that, I tend yeah. to stick a straw in it and stir mm-hmm. it and blow off all the CO2, and then it's not so bad. Okay. But it kind of loses something mm-hmm. translation when you do that, so mm-hmm. not, not quite the same. But it, it, the beer is still fresh, though, because it's on CO2, though. I mean, it's still preserved. And, yes. Okay. Yes. It's still carbon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. It's just something about stirring it, stirring my beer with a straw. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, you know why? I just wish they would you know pay attention to what CO two levels should be. Mm-hmm. And you come across places like that where they make good beer, but you know they got it gassed up beyond all recognition, and you can hardly drink it. You can't choke it down because it's so carbonated. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know lesser carbonation, uh, you know. There's places that you know, appreciate that and, and have controlled carbonation on, on their beers. Mm-hmm. Makes it ultimately uh, you know, more drinkable than over-carbonating it. Sure. Well, I think it's a very valuable point that you're saying because if, if I had a brewery and I, and I was distributing my beer, mm-hmm. one, I would clean my lines every time I delivered a keg. Yeah. You know, and I would check the CO2 levels before it was ever presented because that could make or break your, right. your customers. Yeah. They try your beer in this dirty lines, it's over-carbonated, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yeah. it's the same way on anything. And I've, I've heard people say, oh, you know, that beer, oh, I hate that beer. That's nasty. Yeah. And then you get a chance to have it clean. Right. <laughs> and carbonated properly at the right temperature. Yeah. And it's actually really good. Right. You know, it's a, it's a very uh, delicate thing. And, you know, the breweries, they send their beers out there. And uh, who knows what, 
you know, how it, how it's turning out. Yeah. Especially some of they don't know how to handle beer. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess I went to this Czech restaurant, um, in Concord and all they serve is Pilsner and Kell. Always awesome on draft. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to the bathroom and they were storing some of their overstock and they were bottling Pilsner or Kell there. Oh, and they no. had two kegs of Flora Kell in the bathroom. And I thought that was one of the best ways to go to the bathroom because you're there with your beer and your kegs. <laughs> but, you know, it was good temperature, but I don't know. It makes you wonder, why would they have Pilsner or Kell, which is a delicate Pilsner, you know, stored in the bathroom at room temperature, 60 degrees, unless they just got it. Do you know what the lifespan is at all for a beer and a keg at room temperature a week, you know, five, seven days before it starts to change? Do you know? Depends on the beer and, and uh, you know, how how uh, sanitary it is and okay. a lot of other factors, okay. how much oxygen went into it. Okay. How's the beer? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Real good. All right. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get right into the recipe for a Northern Age Brown. <laughs> oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. He's in the basement. Oh, please. My triple decocted Imperial Pilsner. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. What's in those? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. Wie sonst Niederlatt of hops to be delicatable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint. Like the cool blonde Kölsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. <laughs> Now get blowing! Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. White Labs is a leader in pure yeast and fermentation services, serving the beer, wine, and distilling industries from worldwide producers for more than a decade. White Labs has three all-new vials for you to pitch this year, home brewers, so fire up your kettles, fill up your fermenters, and get ready for Cry Havoc, the signature yeast strain from Charlie Papazian. This yeast can ferment both ales and lagers and is great for bottle conditioning, too. Second, a cream ale blend of ale and lager yeast strains. This blend creates a clean, 
crisp, light American lager-style ale. Last, a Belgian-style Saison ale yeast blend. This blend melds Belgian-style ale yeast and Saison strains to create complex, fruity aromas and flavors. Get complete fermentation quickly with this blend's spicy, earthy, and clove-like flavors. White Labs, your brewing partner for great yeast. These new strains are available now for home brewers, breweries, and homebrew shops everywhere. White Labs, it's all in the vial. And now, back to the Jameel Show. All right, we're back, and we're talking about Northern English Brown. Oh, no, no, by you. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Pizzey. Big Cage and Brewcaster. <laughs> Johnny Pizzey. You can do it. You can do it. Born on the bayou. <laughs> <laughs> it all fits. It all fits. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, Northern English Brown. Uh, we're talking uh, for a six gallon of wort at the end of your boil, right? And however much gets into your keg and your uh, at the end. Of, for me, it's five gallons, but I have six gallons to the end of the boil. Uh, original gravity ten fifty one. Finishing gravity you want to be around ten thirteen. Uh, I've used 26 color, 13 SRM. It's going to be about uh, 5.1% alcohol by volume. For extract brewers, you're going to want to find yourself an English pale ale extract. Okay, Liquid malt extract, about 7 pounds or 3.17 kilograms. For an uh, all-grain brewer, you're going to replace that pale ale extract with 9.7 pounds or 4.42 kilograms of a British pale ale malt mashed at 152 degrees Fahrenheit, 67 degrees C. And the reason we go with that English pale ale malt, John, is? It's got the biscuitness. It's got the biscuity. It's got that, that, that English character right. to it. Right. That biscuity, uh, slightly nutty, uh, bready, uh, you know, much, much richer flavor mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, like a domestic American uh, pale malt. Mm-hmm. It's a great flavor, too. It's very unique. Yeah, killing a little darker, mm-hmm. a little, little more flavor, and uh, you know they tend to use uh, you know high quality, flavorful grains. Uh, you know, Marisot or Golden Promise, uh, uh, Optic, uh, Halcyon, all these things. You know, good, good, uh, good, good quality malts that uh, get a real nice flavor to them. And uh, so that's that's really critical. Sure, get yourself some of that. You can get a mail order. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, our, our good friends at northernbrewer.com probably carry it. Uh, they carry a lot of malts. Lot yeah, of, yeah. A lot of unique stuff. Great, great selection. Oh, yeah. They definitely have the, uh, the British pale ale malt for you all grain brewers out mm-hmm. there. And, uh, go with that. Uh, for your steeping grains or for the rest of your, uh, your grains in the, you know, for your all grain brewer, uh, you're gonna use some special roast. 50 level bond. It's a uh, three quarter pound or 340 grams. Special roast is a product of the Brees Malting Company. I know you people internationally have a real hard time getting the breeze stuff. Um, uh, I also like to use some Victory Malt, 28 Lava Bond, or half pound, uh, uh, 227 grams. Uh, Crystal 40, use a half pound or 227 grams. And then Pale Chocolate at 200 Lava Bond, a quarter pound, or 113 grams. Huh. That's a lot of unique. All yes. those grains do... Four different things. Yes. To this beer. Yes. 
and kind of just throw you out what I think they do. Sure. This, Absolutely. The, you probably know exactly what you're talking about. The yeah. special roast gives you kind of that kind of like grapefruit kind of fruity character. It can give like a grape nut character. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, a little tangy, caramelly, nutty. Uh-huh. The nutty, okay, the nutty. And the Victory gives you that biscuity, biscuity uh, yeah, flavor. Yeah. And then the Crystal 40 gives you that little, sweetness, caramel. caramel sweetness, yeah. And then the uh, pale chocolate for color. That and, and, and a, a little, little, little bit of uh, dark nutty. Dark nutty. Yeah. Oh. And I find all these flavors in a Newcastle. And the, the, the story on Newcastle is that they brew... You know, two different beers, and one's like a dark beer, one's a lighter beer, and then they blend them together to make Newcastle. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, I haven't personally seen it, but I've read it a bunch of times, and I actually have tried brewing Newcastle that way, brewing the two different beers and blending them together. And I think the time I tried it, it turned out just horrible. Okay. <laughs> and so, through drinking much Newcastle, yes, and knowing the ingredients and playing around with it, this actually comes quite close right. to, to that. I mean, how important are those percentages, I mean, in this style? I mean, you, how long did that take you to really fine-tune to get yeah, that point it, across? It, I mean, took, that's, it took a few shots. Yeah. It took a few shots. Okay. I got, I got pretty close to the first shot, kind of got lucky, and then uh, kind of dialed it in. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, I get asked all the time, it's like, well, I can't get pale chocolate. You know, is there a, a substitute I could use? And I've said in the past on some things, it's like, well, you know, well, you can, you can, you can go with, you know, half as much, you know, 400 level bond chocolate. Yeah. And that's really kind of a cop out. There's, you know, it's a completely different flavor. Yeah. The color might be the same, but the flavor is going to be completely different. Sure. It'll make a fine beer, but it's not going to be the same as what we're targeting here. Okay. So that's something just to kind of be careful of, I think. But you wouldn't want to use like a roasted barley on this or something. That, no, that would I add too much roasted character. I yeah, okay. I think the roasted character comes through. You really want to avoid the roasted character. Just you know, very subtly dark toasted, uh, you know, dark nutty okay. type of type of flavors. I think hmm. uh, hops. I like Kent Goldings for this. Five percent alpha acid, sixty minutes, one point two ounce or thirty four grams. Or and at five minutes, I like a another of the same type of Kent Goldings five percent alpha acid pellets, using the Rager formula. Uh, at five minutes, a half ounce, fourteen grams. Just give it a little bit of uh, late hop character mm-hmm. and hop flavor. That you know, subtle background. It's probably more than you're going to get in a can of Newcastle. Sure, but uh, it's not overwhelming. You know, right. this is this is about right. You know, people will appreciate this without it saying it's you know. Ridiculous. How how big is your beer again? What's the alcohol in this? On yours? Uh five point one percent. Okay. And Newcastle's are like four eight or something, four seven. Yeah, it, it tastes like it, but hmm. I, I I think it actually might be more than that. I think yeah. it might be around around that, hmm. around five. Uh but I'm not sure. Do you do you and I'm sorry to get you uh-huh. off track. No, do you no. find that um kind of going a little bit bigger in styles if you're competing or a little over the top? A little bit more depth and maltiness and um, just overall in the beer character that it can contribute to uh, just a better beer as far as being judged for the judges. Maybe it stands up, stand out a little bit more or or maybe just because it's homebrew and we have that luxury to make something with a little bit more character. Well, I, I think that 
there's some styles where being on the bigger end of the style is is good and definitely helps and it's just because um and I'll, I'll tell you it's on the on the tends to be on the the lesser known styles I think uh perhaps that that tends to be the case on the really well known well brewed style sometimes I think uh, that can hurt you okay you know where the or where the judges are really savvy mm-hmm and not just saying, "Oh yeah, it tastes like good beer." Sure, that can help. That that can help or hurt. Um, but just in general, you shouldn't ever exceed the style guides. I think sure. on these because you know it's it, there. it just gets way too big. And and uh, you know, I experimented with that uh, mm-hmm. a while back, and I remember you know talking to you know various judges and. Uh, you know, Mike Riddle was one of them, and and uh, one of the things he said, you know, like in th- I, I swept the brown ales category <laughs> in this one competition. He was judging brown ales. Wow. I didn't know. He, he comes out, and I'm like, eh, "What'd you judge?" He goes, "Brown ales," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." I, I didn't know what the results were yet. I said, uh, "Anything good?" And he said, "Ah, oh, you know, they're all horrible." <laughs> he said, "People don't know how to brew uh, <laughs> how to brew brown ales." That's awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, it's terrible. I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, yeah, whatever. And then, uh, and then he says, and I said, uh, you know, you had a tough time finding anything decent. He goes, well, there were some that were decent, but they were, you know, they were, they were good brownies, but they were too big for style. Oh. He said every single one of them was too big for style, but he says we were kind of stuck because, that was the best you beer. know, the, yeah, the other beers were just, problematic and right. not to style or you know various things issues like the the least of the the sins right and uh, then i swept the category <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm thinking okay you know he knew that they were all too big and so that was like the last time i ever made uh beers that were that were over the top okay I, I decided it actually hurts you when when the judges know what they're doing sure and uh, you know it gets to be more and more i think we get judges that, that really are on the doing. ball right you know, that'll just, just hurt you. And that guy knows his stuff. Oh, sure. Every yeah. time I talk to him, I'm floored. Like, I, I just feel like I'm a young Padawan, you know, and like, yes, you know, Yoda, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Mike's a great guy too. He, he really helped me get started. Yeah. And I was really encouraging when I, when I was just a, a little wet behind the ears brewer. Yeah. You came on strong. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> with Mike's, uh, encouragement. Yeah. He, he got me going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a good guy. He actually has a, uh, uh, recipe in this fine book, Brewing Classic Styles, which you can buy at, uh, theringnetwork.com slash store. This is Imperial Stout? Yes. I, that's yes. his, that's his baby. He, and, you know, <laughs> while, while I was writing the book, I got the, uh, the recipe from him. And we were back and forth on kind of the, the notes that go with the, the recipes in the book. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure it was exact so people could, you know, reproduce his, his effort. And, while we're working on it, he won yet another best of show with it at a big competition, which is the uh, uh, Mayfair Maltos Valley. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that that thing's won so many best of shows. I know. And uh, you know the exact recipe is in the book. That's it. With Mike's tips on how to how to brew it. Yeah. You're like, don't even bother. Here, just take Mike's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I included mine in there too. Oh. You know, I have kind of a different take on it, but. Uh, you know, Mike, you, you cannot, you know, that's the the style. And he gives you absolutely, opens the kimono for you. Yeah. 
He has that age up to three to five years. I mean, that's yeah, a, I've tasted where he's got like a seven year old. Oh wow, break it out. That's a treat. I'm sure. Taste that. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. We should have him come down here. Yeah, he'd be a great guest. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, for yeast, I like to use uh, either the Y yeast 1028 London Ale or the White Labs WLP 013 London Ale yeast. Mm. Those are both excellent choices for this style. Uh, if you're a dry yeast user, go with the Danstar Nottingham. Not the Safiel 04? No. Danstar Nottingham. Why is that? Uh, a little bit more attenuation. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, it's a pretty dry beer. I mean, this style. Yep. Okay. And, uh, but we got a fair amount of malts in there. Right. It's not too dry. Right. So, you know, that kind of sweetens it up. You gotta, you gotta be careful. Get, get your balance there. You you recommend that yeast a lot, that Nottingham. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's a that's good for those people that don't have access to those liquid yeast that you're talking about earlier. Right, you right, know. right, right. You're going to use uh, ten grams of uh, properly rehydrated uh, dry Nottingham, Danstar Nottingham, or two of the liquid yeast packages, or you can make yourself a starter. Get yourself, uh, you know, one package of uh, liquid yeast. Put it in a, a two-liter starter, and uh, you know you should. That's equivalent to two, two packages, or uh, you know, go that way. Ferment about sixty-eight degrees Fahrenheit or twenty degrees C, and when it's finished, carbonate the beer to about one to one and a half volumes. Serve at uh, fifty-two to fifty-five degrees Fahrenheit, eleven to thirteen degrees C. Mm-hmm. You want to serve a little warmer, and uh, you want to. Uh, 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 carbonate it, uh, restricted. And you could go a little bit more. You can go one and a half to two volumes of CO2. Mm-hmm. What I'd recommend, especially if you can keg, mm-hmm. if, if you can't keg, if you're bottling, shoot for about, uh, one and a half to two. Sure. If you can keg, hook it up to the gas and just kind of taste it as it goes along until it tastes, you know, uh, ideal to you. You'll, you know, taste it every day. Right. And you get to a point where it's like, oh, you that know, sweet that's, spot. It's just, just right. It seems <laughs> magical, and then it'll go past that pretty quickly. You go, ah, you know, now it's kind of harsh. Right. You yeah. back it down a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's mm-hmm. that's the, the way I love to, love to do that sort of thing. I think it, interesting point about how important to taste your beer as it warms up to while you're drinking your pint. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you were drinking my interpretation of it, and you can really get some funky stuff coming through when it gets warmer. You can see really, truly how clean a beer is, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in Newcastle when it warms up, but I think you can really taste those unique malts. Yeah, too. exactly. And yeah, like, the, the oh. malts they become real rich. You yeah. get a lot of malt character out of it. Yeah, yeah. It becomes much more uh, toasty and and uh, you know that rich uh, melanoid and bready, yeah. uh, rich malt character. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice that way. Plus, how important is it to like taste your hydrometer sample and then after ferment you know and then when it's served like mm-hmm. you can still kind of get an idea of that beer mm-hmm. you know well I, like, I i like to do that i taste uh you know after i take my readings and stuff i i taste the the sample just to see right. uh you know what it's like at that point and okay. uh over time you kind of build up a, a knowledge of oh the beer tastes this way before it's fermented after it's fermented, it tastes this way. Right. And you kind of get a sense uh, t- as to where, you know, when you're brewing mm-hmm. and you've, you you know, just finished, uh, you know, run off to the fermenter, you take a taste of, the, of a sample and you say, oh, you know, this is going to be an awesome beer. You just know it at that point. Yeah. And you don't have to wait until it's done fermenting. Just drink it right out of the fermenter. 
yeah. Well, it may not taste that great right then, but you know, uh, you, you have some idea what it's going to turn out to be because mm-hmm. you've you gained a lot of experience at that time. Nice. Yeah. I remember I brewed a porter and it was so good that I just drank a pint right out of the conical right when I kegged it. <laughs> and I was so happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that beer is okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of times, you know, it doesn't. It's got just a little bit of carbonation yeah. in it. It's a little bit warm, yeah. but you know, it can be really good. Yeah, fresh off the tit, you know, it's right yeah. there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the things about um, you know English beers. I think in general is that. Uh, yeah, people worry about you know, warm beer and all that, but a little bit warmer brings out a lot of characters that uh, gets lost when the beer is really cold. Mm-hmm. You know, serving that beer warm, you know, you get a little more of the fruity esters. Mm-hmm. When when you first poured the Newcastle, we didn't get a lot of uh, fruity esters. You know, right. it's real subdued. As it warmed up, you get get quite a bit more. Right. Uh, you know, same thing with hop characters. Same thing with you know a lot of the malts and and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you went to England, uh-huh. and, and you've had this beer on draft there. Uh-huh. Well, what was it like there? I mean, they're serving it at, what, 50, 55? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, temperature. I'm just curious because, you know. It was very similar to Newcastle in a can. Interesting. And there's yeah. still a little CO2 in it? or are they? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What you, uh, were you pretty happy with English beers over there? And, oh, I love them. Oh, yeah. I, you know, uh, my family, we talk about England all the time, going back to London and uh, you know, my kids, you know, they just loved, uh, London. Wow. Yeah, it's one of our favorite places. A lot of people rave about that. Yeah, we, place. I, you know, we love every city in Europe was fantastic, but, sure. uh, you know, London was just great for some reason. And, and every night, and I, and I, I think of something, you know, what is that I really loved about London? I don't know, but every day at the end of the day, after, you know, I run around to, you know, fabulous museums and, yeah, you know, the just just incredible sights. Yeah. Uh, after doing that, yeah, you know, we stopped some pub. I'd have a couple of pints. Dad's happy. You know? what a great. And day. there were there were such good pints too. Awesome. And it's it's so easy to find such great beer, and uh, uh, you know, you just go and have yourself a bitter yeah. or you know whatever you might have, and it's yeah. just. Just fantastic. And you walk back to your hotel room with your family and your kids and yeah, yeah. ready for day four and, you know, and let's go see this place. Yeah. Sounds fun. You jump on the tube and, you know, get get back there. Jamil, will you adopt me? Yes. Thank you. Yes, my yeah. son. Absolutely. <laughs> Appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, there's 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 nothing like it. Mm. I've never been to fantastic. out of the States and I can't wait for that opportunity one day. Yeah. Well, you never know. They'll cut that monitor off your leg and uh, you'll be able, <laughs> you'll be able to leave the... Uh, Area of Pacheco. Pacheco, right. Come back here. <laughs> like a like a dog. Not getting leave. arrested. Yeah. There you go. Oh wow. Yeah, well, don't do the crime unless you do the time. That's true. I'm Beretta. Beretta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take famous a famous worth. Yeah, I think we should take a break. <laughs> We're and, empty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and when we come back we'll uh cover questions from the chat room live. I'll have questions from the chat and uh Recap our recipe and uh, who knows what other hijinks. Be back. 
after this. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Did you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. You're listening to the Brewing Network. And now, back to the Jameel Show. All right, we're back. We're talking... Nutcastle. Nutcastle. (laughs) Page 151. 151. 151. 151. 151. Nutcastle. Uh... Questions from the chat room. Yeah, the chat rooms, they're dicking around with themselves in there tonight. They're drinking, too. A lot of people hanging out. Uh, just talking they about... They just like the sound of my voice. Yeah. Uh, there is one question. Uh, what pale chocolate malt does Jay-Z use? I use a crisp pale chocolate, because uh, that's what I can easily get my hands on. I've used uh, Beeston's as well, and I think uh, either of those is fine. Okay. But uh, whoever's making pale chocolate, that's fine. All right. So it doesn't have to be a, a product of England. It doesn't have to be an English. You know, it could be done here. Well, crisp, Beeston's, you know. Those are the English ones. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it from the chat, my friend. Well, good thing we got uh, our producer, Chad, here. Tasty McChad or Shat. So. Sleepy McChad. <laughs> so the uh, London Ale. Yes. So what's so special about the London Ale? So what's up with that? London Ale. What do you get out of that? <laughs> Uh, you know, I like the, uh, ester profile of that, and it does attenuate a, a bit drier than, uh, say the English ale yeast, or, you know, or, you know, different, different yeasts tend to, uh, have different levels of attenuation, different esters. And you can almost use, uh, for example, any, 
German lager you want to do, you can pick almost any German lager yeast. Or, or you know, Dutch lager yeast or Czech lager yeast or whatever. Uh, even American lager yeast. And you can use any of those in making that, that style. For English beers, you can pick pretty much any British type of yeast and use that in your, in your English sales, your British sales. The, the question you have to ask yourself is, all right, does this have the flavor profile that I want? Does, do the, does the amount of esters, diacetyl, uh, the focus on malt or hops, does that match up with the recipe that I have, the ingredients I'm using? If it doesn't, you, you, you know, you need to tweak your recipe. If it does, then you're all set. Same thing goes with attenuation. You have to ask, okay, now the flavor profile is right. Is the amount of attenuation right? If not, then you either need to do, uh, you know, one of a couple of things. You can add some simple sugars to get more attenuation. You can raise the mash temperature, lower the mash temperature. You can add a little bit more, you know, crystal malts that don't ferment. You can, uh, you know, there's a variety of tricks. But you got to make sure that the flavor profile matches with your ingredients, and you got to make sure that your attenuation is is where you want it, as far as the IBUs that you have, uh, the overall character of the beer. You know, something like a German Pilsner, you want that to be dry and crisp, right? You don't want that thing to be, uh, you know, full and malty and, and sweet. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be careful about, uh, you know, the, you know what's going to get you to that point. But you could do that with just about any German lager yeast. So. Does that help? Definitely. Cool. Another question from the chat was, um, what hop would you substitute if you can't get Kent? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're going to be getting these questions a right, lot, I think. Right. And I was, I was intending <laughs> to cover this. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, John was uh, wiggling it over here or something and distracted me. <laughs> uh, waving it at me. Um, uh, you could use Fuggles. You could use... Uh, uh, what about Willamette? Challenger. Willamette, uh, Challenger, uh, Target, uh, but I would kind of go in that order. Okay. And then maybe a Glacier now, because that's, that's more available. Yeah. Hmm. Glacier as well. Yeah. Good question. Very, very good question. Well, John, you brought up a, a thing about uh, English malt. Yeah. Um, I like to use Karistan, mm-hmm. I think, which is um, 30 Levabond. Mm-hmm. Um why wouldn't you use that instead of the Crystal 40, the American malt, rather than an English Karistan malt? Which I think that's a, an excellent idea. Okay. I, th- I think uh, that would be a good choice. Would you up the percentage a little bit? Uh, maybe keep it about the same. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, you, uh, it it depends, I guess, on the malts. Or sometimes I have a little, slightly little more intense uh, malt flavor to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it might be just about right with that. Same percentage. Okay. Uh, the reason why I use Crystal 40 is probably because... Yeah, Crystal 40 is something that's in so many different beers that I always have Crystal 40 on hand. Yeah. And, you know, the number of things I would have used, like a, a Karistan in it, is probably much more limited. And so sure. I just went with the Crystal 40. But I think that that's actually a, a good idea. And if you're willing to go out and, and do that, that would be a, a nice change. Okay. See, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a real good thought, I think. Okay. You know, again, the, the type sure. of ingredients... Yeah. You know, that, uh, they would use over in England, uh, you know, for this type of beer, you know, uh, good choice. Would you recommend to all homebrewers checking attenuation on their yeast before they use it? Because, like you always talked about before, your sweet spot was 154. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're getting a highly attenuating yeast that's 5% more 
that's a lot of attenuation mm-hmm. in the final gravity of beer like a English right. brown. So would you like maybe check it before, maybe adjust your mash temperature before you brew because of that attenuation? Well, yes and no. Here's okay. here's the trick. Okay. Attenu- the amount of attenuation is going to depend a lot on uh, the the uh, malt bill you sure. know, uh, that that you have. Whenever you, if you have uh, a lot of specialty malts in there that don't ferment as much, you're going to end up, uh, you know, with less attenuation, regardless of the yeast. You know, everything being the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, uh, so it, it becomes very difficult unless you're going to use that exact grain bill to test, and then you might as well just go ahead and brew a batch. So, you know, it's it's just as for sure. me, it's as easy to brew five gallons as it is to brew one gallon. Sure. So might as well five gallons. Brew five gallons. It's a little more expensive, obviously, but more it'll, to drink. It'll you know it'll turn out fine. Sure. You know, it's not going to be a bad beer. Yeah. But you know, you'll you brew that and you'll say, oh, it attenuated this much. Uh, I want it a little drier next time. Let me try this, or let me try that. Let me try a different yeast, or let me try you know changing the recipe, or let me change you know some other factor there. Okay. So. Uh, you know, that's kind of what you have to be careful of there. The yeast manufacturers, as a matter of fact, they have like a, a standard wort that they use yeah. to do, test attenuation. And, uh, you know, the numbers they give are for, you know, like the standard wort that they use. Okay. And, uh, I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's probably nothing to do with, you know, whatever your recipe would be. But attenuation in this beer would definitely be different because you're using a lot of crystal special roast. Which are really right. fermentable. Right. Okay. Right. Interesting. Right. Okay. So that's going to affect it. If you were to test with, oh, well, I'm going to test the attenuation of this yeast using some DME in a, in a jar and, uh, you know, I'm going to mix it up and, and see how much it attenuates. Mm-hmm. Well, after you do a mash program and, uh, you add all these specialty malts and there's a bunch of IBUs in there, that's going to attenuate differently. Okay. See, if I was to start homebrewing, all over again. Uh-huh. Um, I would have just bought three gallon carboys. Yeah. That's, I would have like six or seven or eight of those around. Uh-huh. That's all I would ever used. Yeah. Because then you could just learn so much more about more yeast and, and, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Come from Fitty G. I can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's more fun, you know. And then you could even get into blending, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. I mean, sky's the limit from there. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, yeah, when I started out, I... I have a number of uh, the three gallon carboys, the two and a half gallon carboys, whatever they are. And you did that, huh? Yeah, I messed yeah. around with that a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Wow. See, I was just trying to make drinkable beer. And <laughs> yeah, I, I I quickly kind of got away from that because um, you know it was a bunch of effort, and I might as well just do it in five gallons at a time, you know, or six gallons at a time. So then I got myself a whole bunch of uh, the bigger carboys hmm. and uh, use those instead. Right. <laughs> and you're using carboys still. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you use now. Yeah, carboys. Yeah. Yep. You've, you've even donated the conical to the Brewing Network because yeah, you'd rather I, use carboys. Yeah, exactly. My, yeah. my last conical is, is yeah. now here. $2,000 conical and you two is a $22 carboy. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. And you have a book. Yes. That's great. <laughs> and, man, and you have a book. <laughs> <laughs> that really is a good qualifier if you think about it. Yeah. You know, and you're using yeah. $22 carboys. Yeah. 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 You probably got it down. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a twenty twenty five hundred dollar conical, and Chad's making great beer with it. So, thanks, Jamil. Jamil. (laughs) Well, you see the method to my madness. 
Yeah, you have great beer on tap here. There you go. There you go. Bring ah, the carboy down here, surplus. or the, the conical down here. Chad feels like he's got to supply me with beer. Yeah. It's like, Absolutely. okay, I win. Awesome. I got like no labor involved, no <laughs> ingredient cost involved. I come down, I drink. Yeah. It, really was, it was a good investment on your part. I didn't exactly. think of it that way, but you're, you're just a lot smarter than we are. We were like, wow, how nice of Jamil. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Turns out uh, you're getting a lot of good beer out of it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And I, I come down here, I go, oh, you know what you should brew, Chad? <laughs> uh, Munich Dunkel. How about that? Okay, I'm on it. You see? You'll see it next time. I don't, I don't even have to, like, you know... Uh, a range for for me to brew it. I yeah. just uh, you know, yeah. I just gonna plant the seed and come It'll back and drink the beer. <laughs> hey, Jed, you know what? I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Your water. What do you do with your water? Uh, you know, you hear about all these English style beers and people uh-huh. adding uh-huh. salts and things of that nature. Right. Well, I mean, what's the deal with that? I mean, what do you do? Uh, just carbon filter for for chloramines, and uh, that's it. So Elk Grove tap water. No, okay. no burn salts or anything. No, and mm. and I know people, especially in the really hoppy styles, mm-hmm. the hoppies, you know, the Burton styles, the IPAs, the pale ales, the bitters. Um, people like to add Burton salts and and accentuate the uh, the the bitterness. Uh, you know, most of the water across the United States, you know, eighty percent of it is uh, like a moderate water, uh, as far as hardness and all those, those other characters go. And it's quite appropriate for brewing a lot of different styles, and I think it's just fine. Uh, yeah, you know, once you master everything else, then I think you can go ahead and start playing with water. But water is one of the last things I mess with. Yeah. Well, it's hard enough to understand how to make beer. Yeah. Then you get into the water, and you're like, what the hell is all this stuff? Right. <laughs> you right. know, I've, I found the pH of my water will actually go down in the wintertime. Yes, yes. And it goes up in the summertime. Right. Cause see, I'm yeah. peeing in your water in the summer when I go to the lake. He's in family. He's in a sterile. I'm urinating into the uh, the reservoir there. There's a little bit of Jamil in everything. That's right. Awesome. I'm, I'm in your beer. Truly are the Pope. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, that's probably driving the pH up. And then uh, in the winter, I don't go. There you go. You know, I go in my toilet and it goes, you know, it goes out to the sea. <laughs> but uh, in the summer, I'm peeing in the reservoir. It's true, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it is. The water ends up in East I'm Bay trying Mug, not to think is, about it, but... uh yeah, the water you get in here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the pH of the, of the water will change uh, different times of the year. Where I live, what happens is uh, during the summer when the snow melts and the rivers are running big and full, uh, the local water district, they have a deal with uh, Sacramento to pull the water off the river, and they'll use a lot of that water and less from the wells. And during the winter, uh, when uh, if the r- rivers aren't running high, they, they're using a little more well water. And, and deep in the middle, in the uh, later part of the summer, when there's not a lot of runoff and the rivers are lower, they're using all well water, and the water gets harder, and the pH goes up. So I tend to brew the same time of year every year in the winter. And so the water tends to be consistent across that period of time. So uh, sometimes I've brewed in kind of the dog days of summer, and the beer didn't turn out quite as good. <laughs> Might be water-related in, in that respect. So I, there is there obviously is something to water. It's- but I think a lot of people screw it up by trying to make too much, uh, too many adjustments. Right. Just, too many variables. Yeah, just try and perfect it with the water you have. Right. Try a bunch of different styles. Try dark, roasty styles. Try really light, 
uh, pale styles. Sure. Try, you know, ales and lagers and then see which one of those turns out well. And whatever those are, then beer similar to that, they're all fine with your tap water. And then maybe the ones that don't turn out well after you've tried them a couple of times and it's not y- y- everything else you're doing, then you can start messing around with the water, I think. It's a good tip. You definitely encourage more focusing on process. Process. Fermentation is and really huge. Right. You know, fermentation temperature is really huge. Okay. All right. Uh, let me quickly uh, knock out this recipe here. Uh, recap. Uh, original gravity 1051, uh, 26 IBU, 13 uh, SRM for color. You are going to use uh, 7 pounds of uh, English pale ale liquid malt extract or 3.17 kilograms. If you're an all-grain brewer, instead you're going to use uh, 9.7 pounds or 4.42 kilograms of a British pale ale malt and mash it at 152 degrees Fahrenheit, 67 degrees C. The remaining grain bill, special roast, uh, three-quarter pound or 340 grams, victory malt, a half pound or 227 grams, crystal malt, uh, crystal 40, a uh, half pound or 227 grams, and pale chocolate at 200 level bond, a quarter pound or 113 grams. Uh, hops are going to be Kent Goldings or Fuggles or Willamette or whatever you get along those lines. Uh, 5% alpha acid, 60 minutes, 1.2 ounce, 34 grams, and uh, at 5 minutes, another half ounce or 14 grams. Just a little bit of flavor to it. Uh, those are pellet uh, additions. Uh, your yeast is going to be a Y Yeast 1028 London Ale yeast or a White Labs WLP 013 London Ale. Or if you're a dry yeast user, Danstar Nottingham. Use uh, 10 grams of the dry yeast two or two liquid yeast packages. Uh, ferment at 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C. And when it's finished, you're going to carbonate it between 1 and 2 volumes uh, and serve at 52 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit or 11 to 13 degrees C. And uh, before we go, I want to remind everybody, uh, you know, do yourself a favor. Do a favor for, uh, you know, homebrewers everywhere. And do a favor for the Brewing Network. Get yourself an AHA, American Homebrewers Association, membership. It's uh, 38 bucks. You buy it online in the Brewing Network store. There's no shipping charges whatsoever. And uh, get you a card that gets you discounts at uh, member breweries, uh, brew pubs. Uh, gets you uh, a discount on the National Homebrew Competition, which you should be entering. Is you know, substantial. It's like five dollars per entry discount on that. It gets you a uh, discount on the uh, Homebrewers Conference each year, and it goes to support uh, you know legislation that uh, protects us homebrewers and uh, a lot of great research and things like that. And you get that on the uh, Brewing Network site. Yeah, sign up for a uh, yeah, recurring donation if you want to really help the Brain Network. Uh, as little as two bucks a month. Uh, you know, it's pennies per show for all the great shows you get, and it helps keep the lights on and the internet uh, flowing. Yeah. And uh, you just have to do it once, and it'll just charge you two bucks a month uh, you know, without uh, you having hassle with it. Or you can do five bucks or ten bucks yeah. or whatever. They've got several options in there. And if you get a chance, uh, shop at our fine sponsor. NorthernBrewer.com. Good people out there. I've been out there. Wonderful people. Well, yeah. You know, I, I love the people in that part of the country. Anyways, you mm-hmm. know, just really uh, kind and generous, and you know, more uh, uh, kind of honest and heartfelt. And uh, you know, a lot of people up there they eat. Uh, you know, they have like a burger. Yeah, and with a like a fried wheel of cheese on it. You know, nice. Out that part of the country. Nice. It's really a whole wheel. Yeah, a little <laughs> wheel of cheese. Yeah, nice. A mini wheel of cheese on it. Fried. 
fried, fried chicken. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. They know how to eat out there. Brew and eat. That sounds perfect. All right, I, have, I have no idea what the next show is going to be. Oatmeal stout. Oatmeal stout. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That is a really good one. Oh, yeah. I actually, you know, Jason, a recipe for that bad boy. Jason oh. Petros actually brews a pretty killer oatmeal stout. Yeah. That guy's yeah. killer right there. So, oh. All right. His so, recipe. uh... Have a great time until then. It's going to be about a month until we see you live, or uh, two weeks if you're an archive listener. And I guess that's about it. Except uh, Bruce, Bruce Strong. Wrong. The Jameel Show is a production of The Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jameel to jameel at thebrewingnetwork.com. The Jameel Show airs live every other Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, right here on The Brewing Network. <laughs>